0: One Thing About Us podcast. I'm Caitlin.
1: I'm um, Allie. And I'm Kira. And I'm going to start today's episode off by giving a bit of a trigger warning. Today's topic was suggested by a couple of our listeners, and I know it can be triggering for some people. If you are heavily triggered by talks about trauma, sexual assault, and familial relationships, we will not be offended if you skip this episode. One thing about us, we want you to take care of your mental health. hmm
2: Absolutely.
3: So today we are going to focus on the topic of healing your inner child. And sometimes people don't really know what that means, so I'm just gonna define it for you. So what it means to heal your inner child is that as a child, you've been traumatized or hurt as a kid, and in your adulthood, you work to fulfill that child's dreams, goals, to heal from those wounds, and that could be wounds from family, friends, relationship, anything that was traumatic. And trauma is just defined as experiencing or even witnessing a stressful, distressing event and that actually alters your brain. And there's so many different types of trauma. It could be one incident, it could be multiple incidents, or it could be multiple different types of incidents. So, we're going to get into it, guys.
0: Let's get into
1: it. Oh, So, the first thing we want to talk about is parental relationships and how that affects us. Um, A lot of times, you know, subconsciously you're taking on a bit of a burden from negative or positive even um, interactions with your parents. Or even if you didn't have a negative reaction with your parents, just watching them go through negative reactions because they are your first line of defense. Like basically like this is my example of what an adult is going to be like. So I'm going to this is who you look up to. This is your first love Mm -hmm. and things like that. So. Woo, this is gonna be a good one.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say that when it comes to, I guess, childhood traumas, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot or some of my childhood traumas definitely stem from not seeing the healthiest relationship in my home as a child. Um, there was just a lot of, um, negativity, there was a lot of um, emotional abuse, um, physical abuse, and that can definitely, you know, um, take a toll on you um, as you're going through life. So um, stuff like that stays with you, especially if you don't get help or if you're not able to talk about it. Um, Because it's not a secret that in Black households, you know, the motto is what happens in this house stays in this house. Yes. And that should never be the answer because now you're teaching your child that you can't talk about anything that is happening to you, to anybody else outside this household, when quite literally your child needs that outlet because... You're teaching them to bottle up all their emotions and keeping it to themselves, which is only going to hurt them in the longer run down the road. Um, So I think a lot of my childhood traumas definitely stem from seeing the unhealthy relationship between my parents.
3: Yeah, and I think a lot of parents don't realize, like, even though it's happening in the other room, kids still hear. Mm -hmm. They hear the yelling, they hear hitting, they hear things being broken. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you didn't even, maybe even see it, or maybe you did, but hearing that is traumatic, and obviously that affects you. So not being able to have that outlet, like you said, you're supposed to bottle it in. So as kids, they carry Mm -hmm. on to that, because now it's a secret. Yeah now it's something where if they say something, something bad's gonna happen. Either to them, they're gonna get taken away or mommy and daddy are gonna get divorced. Or it's so even the, re- the reaction from the parents. Yes. Because they're like,
0: I told you not to not say, to say anything. anything. I told you not to tell anybody. Yes. And now you thought that you were helping mom or dad. Yep. And now they're coming at you when you, all you did was try to help. Right, because
1: it's so common for them to instill fear mm -hmm. as a method of parenting in black culture Mm -hmm. and to be quite honest I think fear has a lot to do with it too also like even if you didn't experience because for me you know there were definitely not like there were definitely times where I didn't get to see certain things that went on between my parents or whatever the case may be but if one of my parents are upset and as a child, they're going to take their anger out on me. Mm-hmm. Whether they want to believe it or not, they they definitely do. The way they don't show as much affection or where they, the way they ignore you because they're upset or, you know, now your needs are not being met. And I don't mean food on a table. Right. I don't mean a roof over your head, mm-hmm. but emotionally. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times they say, okay, but you didn't starve.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, but you had a roof over your head. Yeah, but you neglected me emotionally because you opted not to care for me in that manner.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And now my brain is traumatically scarred at this age for the rest of my life. Yeah.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And the thing is, there is no acknowledgement yeah. to the kid. Like, kids going to talk to you like, listen, okay. Like, it's okay. You may be scared. I know you're scared. Like, kids just go through it at, alone in the dark. Mm-hmm. You know, think about it. It's the night before. It's a Tuesday night. And then now you have to go to school the next day and act like everything is fine and this is how we teach kids that things happen and they're not supposed to feel they're not supposed to feel anything about it and they're not supposed to say anything they're supposed to move on and brush on and act like everything's okay
0: yeah that was most of my life growing up it was like you know this would happen on a tuesday and then i had to go to school and i remember being the one in the family to try to initiate us sitting down and having conversations about what's going on and and how can we be better and be a family and voice our concerns or our opinions without putting our hands on one another. And I remember just being shot down like no, we're not doing that because we're taught not to talk about our feelings. like don't we're not addressing it it when it happens it happens and then it's over we move on like it never happened and that's just not a way to go through life because like i said it gets swept under the rug and eventually <laughs>
1: it, it piles up getting bigger, yeah. and bigger and bigger and
0: bigger until there's no way of hiding it anymore right
1: that's because for th- for them The next day the situation is over. Mm -hmm. But for you, you still harboring that emotions because you had nowhere to put it. Right. Right. Except inside. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm Right. And that's
1: toxic. Yes. Yes. And to be quite honest, I dislike the fact that you said you had to sit down and be like, let's be the let's talk this out. That's too big of a burden for a child to carry. Mm -hmm. There's no way that you can expect a child to explain their emotions and elaborate and have these good communication skills when it starts at home
0: right yeah I had resentment for a long time about just like how could you ignore what I was trying to do like you're the adult how come I had to be the one to be like you guys need to sit down and talk instead of yelling and throwing things and putting your hands on each other like why can't we sit down so the fact that you would just be like like no that's that's like dumb that's stupid like we don't have time for that we're not doing that like I held resentment yeah. for that because I felt like I had to be older than I was emotionally mature wise too
3: and that's because that was that mentality of children are to be seen and not heard
2: mm-hmm.
3: and the thing what I call what the thing that you were trying to do is you were that emotional anchor mm-hmm. for your family and a lot of kids try to be the emotional anger for their family where they have to try to wrangle everybody together so that the household can be functional mm-hmm. and that's not a child's job but as children because we we search for peace we search for calmness we search for positivity because we're innocent in the world mm-hmm. so we're going to try to get it any way that we can maybe we think okay if mommy and daddy see that I'm trying maybe they can try too and that's putting the whole family's emotions on your back on your back mm-hmm. and that is not fair to anybody even as adults it's not fair to even still be that person and still feel silent even to today
0: yeah agreed
1: that honestly breaks my heart yeah because kids are so this is why I love kids because they're so pure mm-hmm. and they really really do not understand no and all they want is just to be happy
2: mm-hmm
3: yeah. yeah. How would you describe the adult that you needed as a child? Either one of you. How would you describe that person?
0: Just be present. I feel like there was so much chaos that there wasn't anybody to be present. Um, I feel like I kind of just went through life um, by myself in a way. Um, like, you know, my mom, my parents weren't really, uh, I guess, like active or worried about ac- me academically because, like, I did things by myself. Because I learned to do things by myself. Because there was so much going on with the adults as a kid, as a child. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to figure this out by myself because nobody's around right now. So I just wish somebody was present and willing to listen to me. So when I voiced my concerns and when I voiced my opinion that I don't feel safe or I feel like I'm not being heard, it was brushed off and that was the end of the conversation. Like, yeah, you're the child, be quiet. You don't know what's going on and you'll be fine. It was that. Like, I just wish somebody would have just acknowledged what I was feeling and, you know, Basically, just yeah, just acknowledge that I was feeling and just was present,
3: yeah. And acknowledgement, um, I have a year that, you know, something that you're healing part of healing your inner child is you need acknowledgement that the inner child needs healing,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, just acknowledging that like that little girl was hurt. And if the adults in your life are not going to recognize it, recognize it for yourself, yeah. And that's the first step is recognizing that yeah, I need to do some healing. I need to mm-hmm. think and sometimes it's hard to go back there to those moments.
0: It is, yeah. But for sure.
3: As an adult, you have to try to be able to acknowledge that there's something to be healed here. What about you?
1: I feel like like I, I definitely second the like being present mm-hmm. but also like taking it a step further, accepting my feelings for that like Mm -hmm. there are so many adults in my life that if I said you you hurt me by doing this they said no I didn't Mm -hmm. um but actually you can't tell me that you didn't hurt me because I was hurt by your actions whether that was your intent or not Mm -hmm. is another thing you can say I didn't intend to cause that reaction but you did And I feel like I definitely don't get enough of that because even now trying to navigate through my adult life, me and my therapist, have come to terms with like, you know, I wrote a letter up to my parents and then I like tossed it Mm -hmm. because I needed to get it off my chest. I knew they wouldn't listen, neither one of them. So I wrote it in a letter. We burned it. And now I feel better so that I can move forward with my healing process, whether they accept my hurt from my childhood or not, Mm -hmm. because I know my mom worked a lot. Mm-hmm. As a single mom, get emotional. <laughs> because right. she is a hardworking woman. Yeah. And I admire her for a lot of things that she did. But her hard work l- made her absent. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: she missed out on a lot. And there were things that I had to do by myself that I don't feel like I wanted to do by myself because I wanted my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's,
3: it's very hard. Acceptance is a big thing. That's all that children want to feel is accepted, is loved, is safe. Yes. Safety and not just physical safety. Like there is that, oh, I put a roof over your head. You have food to eat, right? You have clothes on your back. But that's not enough. That's not not enough. Emotional safety is Mm -hmm. honestly one of the most important things that Mm -hmm. a child can have. Being able to feel every single emotion that they feel, whether we like it as their parent or as their guardian or not we have to let children feel how they feel because they are people too Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that i feel like maybe our community struggles with is seeing that emotional safety as essential in a healthy household
1: yeah i definitely like a lot of times people even the other day i was on facetime with my mom and aiden was like i am hurt because my dad said i cannot have my ipad and so i'm like well why did he say you couldn't have your ipad because i made a mess and he told me to clean up so it i laughed because i yeah. would have said the same thing mm-hmm. had he come to me for the situation but what had my mom in awe was aiden's capability of
0: at five
1: being able to explain i am upset because blah 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 Mm -hmm. well the difference here is i allow my children to say they're upset Mm -hmm. i allow them to cry i allow them to go to their rooms and close their doors they're allowed to be alone just because they're kids doesn't mean they're not human Mm -hmm. so when they're having a moment i say would you like to go to your room and cry and then you come back and talk about it sometimes they say yes and they go it takes two seconds, all the yes. two seconds before they're back. And sometimes Aiden's like, no, I'm going to go play with my phone, my tablet, whatever. And mm. that's fine, too. Yes. But just letting him know, like, You're
2: this okay is a support. safe yes. space. I, I see yes. You feel your
1: emotions yes. In your Even, like, in we made this, like, door hanger thing, and Aiden's autistic. He's on an autism spectrum, so he definitely expresses himself a little differently. So, as his parent, it is my goal to make sure my kids feel safe and heard. Because I didn't get that growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, we we made a door hanger, he got to decorate it, and he has his door hanger for when he doesn't want to be people. He doesn't want to be with people. hmm If he puts this door hanger on the door and closes the door, I even remove Avery from the scenario because he guess what? Just because that's his brother doesn't mean he has to play with him.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: He's allowed to be annoyed with Avery.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's allowed to require space from Avery. Mm-hmm. And me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm probably annoying, too, telling him no to certain <laughs> things.
3: Right. It's not fair. Like, oh, my gosh, mom. <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey,
1: like,
3: how could you not? Like,
1: Right. <laughs> so that, I, I just want my kids, no matter how old they are, no matter what they're going through, even when they're teenagers, They're, you know, there's going to be some different boundaries at that point. But you can always come home. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: And not just physically. Mm-hmm. You always have a home with your emotions. Mm -hmm. You can unpack that.
3: Yeah. I feel like the type of adult that I needed was someone who recognized that when I was okay, that I wasn't. Right. You know, like. You mean when
1: they thought you were okay?
3: Yes. Like, looking past the grades, looking past the sports. Yes. All the things that makes a child look, oh, they're such, like, a golden girl Oh, gosh, yes. Like, looking past that and looking through that and seeing who I was without that, without mm-hmm. the good grades, without doing whatever, just seeing me for who I was and who what my emotions were. And not that my house wasn't emotionally safe, but I feel like I couldn't be anything but good. Like, there was no option. Like, I couldn't be flawed. So I feel like I just wanted someone to be like, you can be flawed, you can make a mistake, and you're okay. Not that my parents didn't say that, but I just wish someone would have said it. Mm -hmm. You know, just someone just just would have said it. So I wouldn't feel the need to be perfect. You know, because when I messed up, I was like, oh my God, like, I would be terrified. And not Mm -hmm. that they were scary, but I would be terrified. I would be so disappointed and shaming. Myself with that perfectionism and Mm -hmm. it's just a lot because at least I would be causing less stress to the family Mm -hmm. if I was good. It's funny
1: that you say that because I literally had this conversation with my mom the other day. I'm like, I feel like I got overlooked as a kid because I, I did get good grades. I was on the honor roll. I did play sports. I was your typical... Like, your idea of a perfect kid, I was that kid. I Obviously, I got in trouble for talking back and, like, you know, stuff like that. But I didn't do. I wasn't breaking the law. I wasn't out doing stuff. I was a homebody other than my sports and my academics, and I excelled academically. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister, she, one of my sisters had medical problems starting at a young age. Mm-hmm. So, my parents were always constantly worried about her medically. And then my other sister had, she you know, she's got an IEP for school and stuff like that and she had some other issues that my parents were constantly worried about her and for me I feel like they were so focused on worrying about my sisters that no one took the time to take care of me
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they didn't my parents didn't neglect me so I do want to say that like I always had clothes I always had food a ton of food if you've ever been in my house <laughs> you know it's basically like Costco mm-hmm. <laughs> my mom's a couponer but um I feel like they saw that as enough, and it wasn't enough. Yeah. And at the time, I felt like, how could I be so selfish complaining that my parents aren't paying attention to me when there's kids who don't have parents? Mm-hmm. Right. And now that I'm an adult and I'm navigating life as an adult and seeing that that wasn't necessarily healthy.
3: Right. So mm. what people tend to do is they look at their problems and they tend to invalidate. Like, oh, well, like, like you said, you know, that... people don't have parents so I should just be grateful with what I have but you have to validate what you're feeling Mm -hmm. all our feelings matter they do but as a child obviously we know this now at our age but at 11 we we don't know that
2: Mm -hmm. we don't know
3: that you know
0: it's it's hard it's the assumption of like you'll be like they're okay Mm -hmm. like because I know my dad on my dad's side he has other children um, and they're all older I'm the youngest out of all of my siblings and um, growing up those siblings didn't have him in their lives so I would hear from him or other family members that my older siblings on my father's side were jealous of me because he lived in my household and he was there with me as a father figure but then I would be like how right but you don't know what's going on in my household yeah just because he's there just because i have two parents in the household doesn't mean the household is running smoothly it's a big happy family we're the brady bunch that's not what it is if they really knew what was going on
1: they wouldn't be jealous say that
0: yeah so like a lot of my siblings resented me Like me as a person, because they were like as a child, as a child, because I had him in my life. He was the one out of all the kids. He decided to be a live in present dad in my life instead of all of theirs.
1: Yeah, but I'd like to say physically present and present is two different things. Because for the majority of my life, my dad lived in the house with me, but he probably couldn't tell you my favorite color. Nope. He wow. probably couldn't tell you what I did. You ask my dad what sports I played, he probably don't know. Even though he lived in the same house with me mm-hmm. until high school.
0: I, literally, my I can remember my pa- my parents as a collective showed up for senior night. And that was it. Yeah. yeah. Out of four years in high school playing sports and doing all of this stuff, they showed up for senior night. Because that's when you get to walk out with your family and you get yeah. the recognition. That was it. So, when you say, like, yeah, like, they were in your household. You had two parents in your household.
1: Bam. Mm-hmm, right?
2: Yeah. But was <laughs> it, was it yeah. safe?
0: Right, exactly. Was it healthy? You didn't know that, like, I would literally pray. Like, I didn't. I, like, I just, like, I did not want. I feel like that's why I loved being in those sports. Because I was just never home. Yes. I didn't like to be home. Yes. I would tell my aunt, like, I don't want to go home. Yeah. Like. I just would find other places to go growing up as a kid i had uh friends um that i would stay i would stay with um one of my friend, my childhood friends maria i stayed with her family for weeks on weeks because like i just didn't like to be home and her family took me in like i was one of their children i did more stuff with her family than I have ever done with mine. They took me to Crayola Factory. They would take me to the beach. They would take me to different states with them during the summer. And they and I wouldn't and I know like I have so much appreciation for her family and her mom just recently passed away. And like I have so much love for her family because I know that my childhood would not have been the same without them.
2: Yeah.
0: Because it was like we didn't do that. You know I didn't have like, my family didn't... We didn't do that stuff. It was like, you know, you stay home and, and that's it. I got
3: to have a childhood because of her family, in a sense. Yeah. They yeah. gave you a sense of childhood. They gave you a sense of... Safety. Yes. Yeah. And normalcy. A place to
1: go to to mm-hmm. get away, to escape the toxicity. Yeah. yeah. To and that's so kid. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To just... And, I,
0: was, and I, like, you know, like, I love my mother. Like, I love her to death, of course. But... It just has to, it it goes, it goes deeper beyond love. Like, you know, you have, like, I can't sit here and be like, it was all great. You know, this is not something that she doesn't even know either. You know, I have also tried to express this, whether they receive it well or not. I've had, I've tried and I've told them this anyway. So it's like, like I said, whether they receive it, whether they believe it or not, you know, I have let them know this, but... That's just the reality of it. I just didn't like to be home. I would go from friend to friend. My mom would let me stay for weeks on end. And that also (laughs) kind of shows also, like, the presence of not being there. Of not wanting sometimes to be there. Like, it's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go be with them. I would literally be there for, like, three, four weeks. But she knew, because she knew
3: I was being taken care of. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was. Right. And I think a barrier to healing your inner child is not getting that validation when you are old enough to confront those people. That is one of the biggest barriers, because one of the things that helps your inner child is forgiveness. So it's like. I always say this to my clients, are you able to forgive without an apology and without that person taking accountability for how they acted and how they made you feel, whether they gaslight you and say that it didn't happen? Mm-hmm. And because sometimes we don't get to confront our demons. Mm-mm. That's tough. It is tough. It is tough. I recently went through that, like,
0: I want to say like two or three years ago when I got to confront my dad about everything that I grew up with. And he, and he gaslighted me. He told me, "You don't, that didn't happen. You must've had other family members in your ear telling, telling you I was a bad person or telling you that this happened. How can you literally sit there and tell me that I did not see this with my own eyes? And he was just completely just, no, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And he would wait for my mom to co-sign for him. And sometimes she would and it made me so angry that you could sit here and tell me that this did not happen when i vividly remember and it got to a point where it got soup it got loud it got we got to an argument but and i didn't get an apology out of it obviously i did not get an apology out of it but i was so glad that i finally got to get that off my chest Mm -hmm. because i've been holding that in since i was a child and i can remember saying in the argument that I'm not a kid anymore. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. You're going to listen, whether you believe it or not. This is my time to finally tell you what I have been building up for years and years and years. And even though I did not get that apology, I felt felt so good. Mm -hmm. It felt so good. I think
1: that's all too common because I don't, I don't think that everybody's malicious when they say it didn't happen. I think they genuinely don't remember. Like, I think that it was such a, traumatic experience for you that your brain will not let it go Mm -hmm. and it wasn't traumatic for them so it's just casual tuesday right so it doesn't matter yeah yeah this was
2: an
3: everyday occurrence yes so you know the talks the toxic things that were happening was an everyday occurrence but for you as a child that wasn't supposed to be yeah so you remember that that is engraved in your brain and that's why a traumatic event is called trauma because seeping into
1: your gray matter
3: it, yes it, that's literally what it is yeah. it's engraved mm-hmm. so for someone to say like no that didn't happen like
0: it's like a slap in the face yeah yeah but there was also i know growing up now you find out
3: more about the situations
0: that were happening when you were a child now that you understand that shielded you from yeah yes. that there were there were drugs in play so it's that stuff that you didn't see that you know went into the the memory. The, the, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so when he like so when he's when he says he he quite possibly that didn't happen. I don't remember that. It could have been. But for you to just sit there and say it didn't happen when you honestly genuinely don't remember because you could have been under the influence
1: i think also you got to understand like this is something that my therapist has taught me to hurt people hurt people Mm -hmm. um i think that like no i'm not excusing any of our parents behavior or or the stuff that we went through and things like that but i think that when they say it didn't happen that is literally them thinking that they did everything in their power like they blocked the negative stuff out of their head and it to them they genuinely did everything in their power to make sure we were good because my mom will say it, like, mm-hmm. okay, but I moved you out the ghetto and bought you a house. Okay, but we pay for you to get a better education. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we did this, we did that. You always had Uggs, you always had this, and it's like, yes, I did have nice things. Have yeah. Yeah. But I cried myself to sleep every night.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And then it negatively affected me to mirror that in my marriage mm-hmm. because I had nice things. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. you start to manifest that in your adult life and you don't even know it. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yes. And that's because your inner child is not healed yet.
1: Yeah. It's so so scary.
0: So, what do
3: you say? What would you say to your inner child?
1: Well, for starters, I would say that it's okay not to live up to their expectations of me. Mm -hmm. It's okay not to be that perfect golden child or try to be. Because my parents, they didn't really pay much attention to me like I said before, so I never got the I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. I never got the, you're a good kid or, you know, you're getting good grades and you're excelling and things like I never got all that. But when I when I messed up, when I got a C in history, Mr. Korneski's class for the first time, I got in trouble for a C. Mm-hmm. Which, if you ask anybody else, they'd be like, oh, that's okay. That's yeah! You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, for me if i messed up even in the slightest i was under so much scrutiny but when i was doing well no one paid any attention Mm -hmm. i could i felt like i could genuinely come in the house leave the house come in the house leave the house and no one would notice Mm. that's how i felt Mm -hmm. but as long as i did my chores and things like that no one would notice
3: and that's why kids act up because if they're not getting positive attention then they're just going to continue to do the negative things because at least attention is attention you know kids don't have logic so it's like okay my mom only talks to me when i do this 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 and that when i'm running around the house when i don't do my chores when i slack off in school i'm gonna keep doing that because i want mom to notice me and i want mom to acknowledge Mm. me but then think about the type of adult that that child grows up to be right
1: me. <laughs> I'm fucked up. <laughs> I
0: feel like I would tell my inner child that hmm, the relationships that you see around you are not necessarily the relationships that you will have yes. in your adult life. Yes. Um, I feel like um, I've talked about like my dating experiences in um, a previous episode and um i feel like my lack of relationships came from me being scared of getting into a relationship because of the relationship i saw growing up um and i can remember telling my mom that i was like well the reason why i'm kind of like i don't have a relationship because like i'm like i'm kind of afraid of men because i saw what you went through and I'm like, it kind of just turned me off. Because from like growing up and seeing all that, I was always I'm like, I would never let a man treat me that way. I'm never going to let a man put their hands on me. So the best way to not let that happen is to completely stay away. Avoid. Oh completely avoid it. So, But now here you are in your adult life. And it's great that I can be by myself and I can be independent. But eventually you start to crave companionship
2: yes Mm -hmm. yeah
0: you start to naturally yeah and um you know some people don't but me um it's getting to a point where like yeah like i would want to know what that feels like i wouldn't want to know what it feels like to sorry to be we love you girl yes you know but in a healthy way so it's like To just know that the relationships that you see are not, they're not necessarily what's going to happen to you. So I would definitely tell my inner
3: child that for sure. Yeah, I feel like uh, I would tell my inner child that you don't have to be perfect for love to hear Mm -hmm. I love you and not that my mom didn't say it because Mm -hmm. y'all know my mom she's super lovey-dovey and all that but my dad was like macho Mm -hmm. like put on a tough face so like I can count on my hand you know two hands probably the amount of times that I heard I said that he loves me Mm -hmm. and it's not that I didn't feel it but to hear it would have meant the world to me. Affirmation. Yeah, Yeah. to show emotion. So I feel like the relationships that I was in, like I would crave to hear that. Like, do you love me? Do you like me? Are you sure? Like, Mm. I would Mm. constantly... Seeking approval. Yeah. Mm. So I feel like I would tell my inner child that you don't have to work for anybody's love you don't have to be perfect for anybody's love
2: Mm
3: -hmm. and um, that you are lovable and it's not even like my dad wasn't capable of saying it. I think about the way he was raised and Mm -hmm. things like that and, you know, his mom passed when he was only 12. So, like, that just changed the whole trajectory of his life. So, I think about where he grew up in Newark and you had to be tough, you had to be hard. You don't show... Enough emotion. I know that he loved me. I know that, but hearing it is two different things. So I feel like I will constantly just want to be told that by a partner, you know. So it just, yeah, like you don't you don't have to seek it out all the time, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to be perfect for it. And that you are lovable with the flaws that you have, Mm -hmm. which is very hard.
1: We get emotional today, guys. <laughs>
3: Sorry. Wow. I ain't gonna apologize.
1: <laughs> this is a good one, I tell you. Yes.
3: Ooh. Yes. You
2: know what?
3: Another thing your inner child needs is um, self-compassion. And yeah. that comes from when you experience a trauma, you experience anxiety, fear, anger, detachment, and shame. We shame ourselves for the experience that we've been through because we blame ourselves. And woof, we blame ourselves for maybe not speaking up, for maybe not doing anything about it, and for feeling like we should have had power over the situation when in reality, at five, six, seven, doesn't matter even the age, you don't. Sometimes things just happen to us. And as a kid, we feel the shame and we take on that burden and it's difficult it's hard to be compassionate for yourself we can be compassionate for everybody else yeah but it's hard to do it for yourself
0: I feel guilty in different ways because I acknowledge and know what my relationship with my dad is like because of what I saw growing up so then But then I also start to feel guilty because there were moments that were good. So um, I remember at one point in our lives, we were living, he was living separate from us. And um, I was at home. My mom wasn't home. Like my aunt was there. And I just didn't want to be there. So he literally walked from New Brunswick to Highland Park in the middle of the night and took me to where he was staying. Carried me on his back in the middle of the night to where he was staying because I just didn't want to be there. Um, My family, we grew up mostly like Jehovah's Witnesses and uh, we didn't really celebrate holidays and he brought me like my first Christmas tree. And I remember just like being happy in that moment. So, i have a thing about like feeling guilty sometimes because i'm like i'm feeling all of this that i felt from my childhood i'm remembering the negative because the negative is outweighing the good but then i'm also feeling guilty because i'm like i'm not acknowledging the good parts am i not acknowledging the good parts enough because you know to walk in the middle of night from a different like from one town to another And then to carry me bound his back to a, like, like, that's, I know he loved me, but, and I know he loves me, but it's the fact that it's just like, like I said, the negative is outweighing the good. So it's like, sometimes I have a problem dealing with that. It's like, I can remember the good times, but the negative is just too much to.
1: Two things. One, I think those two can both be true. Yes. So you can celebrate the good times, mm-hmm. like you can appreciate your parents for everything that they have done and those sorts of things, but still acknowledge that you're hurting. Mm. You do not have to stop hurting because someone carried you on their back to another town. Yeah, right. you can still hurt because you still experience trauma. Yes.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: You can go through that. Yeah. Go feel it. Feel what you're feeling. Openly feel what you're feeling and go through that and heal from that. And then you will be able to celebrate the more positive things when you're fully healed.
3: Right. Yes. And that thinking is called concrete thinking, where it's just this or that. It's black or white. Mm-hmm. But it literally can be both. When yes. is anything in life ever just black or white? Right. There, like, life is literally just one big gray blob. Yeah. Think about it. Literally. Like, like there's good, there's literally. bad. Sometimes the day may start good, and then bad. Sometimes the day may start bad and end good and flip flop all over the place in the same 24 hours yeah so in the same 24 hours in the same childhood you had good memories and you had bad memories and I get it not wanting to forget the good and you shouldn't forget the good right we don't want you to forget the good right
0: because I just I just also don't want to be a hypocrite because when I'm coming Mm. at you and telling you da da but you're rebutting me But well, what about I did this for you and I did this for you and it can also seem a little you know like tit for tat like you did this oh but I also did this for you but I was also a child
1: See, and that's why I don't like what parents do, stuff it like that. Like, saying. do not say, but you put a roof over my head. You quite right. literally had no to. choice. You that is your job as a parent.
3: Yes. To
1: to you you were, were supposed to, to, were supposed to. Or yes. Did you want,
3: or did you want yeah. DCP and P at the door?
1: Why, why bring me into this world if you're not going to provide the basic necessities right. for life? Do right. not throw... First of all, I mm-hmm. don't like that. I don't like when any parent throws that in any child's yeah. face because it is not... Aiden and Avery's fault that they're here.
3: Yeah. Right.
1: I brought them here. Yeah. It is quite literally my job to make sure they have a roof over their heads, no matter what they're feeling today. Right. They could be upset that I told them no iPads after 9 PM. Mm-hmm. You can cry all you want to, but you're gonna sleep in your happy little bed that I bought you upstairs. <laughs> With your
3: sonic sheets that
1: I also brought you upstairs.
3: Right. But with the freedom to cry it out. Yes. You're not like, okay, like shut up already. Like, I get it. You want your iPad. Yeah. And that's the big difference. You're
1: gonna cry on your sonic sheets, yeah. and when they grody, we gonna change it to cocoa melon. When they
3: Simple. Grody. Grody. Look that up in the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> grody.
1: We wouldn't be us if we didn't make a we didn't laugh out our pain.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make light of our trauma. I we guess. do, but don't do that too much. Yeah. <laughs> Go to therapy. Yes. La- Seriously,
1: therapy. <laughs> definitely recommend. 10 out of 10 recommend. I know getting a therapist is hard sometimes because, you know, every therapist is not for every patient. Mm-hmm. You can indeed fire your therapist and yes. find another one. Mm-hmm. You can indeed find one. Keep on going until you find one that you genuinely feel connected to, that you yeah. that understands you, that can actually help you in the ways that you need to be helped. Because, no offense, but I prefer a woman therapist. Me yeah. too. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. don't talk to me about period pains when you never have a period today right. day in your life. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
2: exactly.
3: Yes, it's okay to shop around for a therapist. Like, it's it's your journey of healing. It's your treatment. I tell my clients all the time, if you don't like me, please tell me. I will not take <laughs> I will not take a We don't like you. Like, because if you're coming, if you already don't like your therapist, you're not going to show up for therapy. Yeah. No. No. You're not gonna sh- you're not gonna wanna be, be
1: here. We're not, not gonna be able to A hundred percent.
2: You yeah. won't be hundred oh. percent. Like.
3: For what? Then yeah. end up liking that, I say that I'm like, all right. But why
1: even waste your money to go at that point? Mm-hmm. Who knows? But get some therapy, y'all. Yeah. We love therapy. It is. it
3: is.
0: So how are we taking everything that we have learned and everything like that in our childhood traumas? and all the skills, I guess, that we have acquired over the years and
3: basically applying it to our lives now. So one exercise that I know people can do is um, you look in the mirror. We know everybody has a mirror. If you don't have a mirror, go in your car, look in somebody's mirror. Um, You have to look at yourself and say the words, I matter, what I want matters, I will not remain silent. Mm -hmm. because to be silent you are neglecting you are suppressing you are basically doing a disservice to yourself and you're holding yourself back by staying silent on the things that are hurting you Mm
2: -hmm.
3: because silence where did silence get anyone no one has to live this life but you so you have to see that you matter and that what you went through matters and where you're going matters Mm -hmm. so I think looking in the mirror and seeing the adult that you have become and showing that inner child like look we made it we made it out that situation we made it out that house yeah showing that you are the best example of your own success of your own resilience Mm -hmm. looking in that mirror and being proud of who you are and being proud of the things that you have overcome
0: yeah I feel like especially in my life right now, um, I feel all of that and I know I've come a long way in the way I've dealt with my childhood traumas and because of the childhood traumas and because of like like I said, I wish I somebody was present so I learned how to do things on my own. I'm a very much an independent person so I just know how to do a lot of things, not everything, but I know how to do a lot of most things on my own. So, Except
1: the dresser envelope.
0: Yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> but now I know how to do it, so now I do it on my own. Um, but now, like you said, family members don't really check up on the people that they think they have it together. Or instead of che- like not even checking up, they assume that somehow you're you, have a, you feel like you're better than those who don't have it altogether. Mm-hmm. And I'm at that point right now where I feel like I am being judged by some of my family members for not carrying that childhood trauma with me. Mm. For not being like, well, Mommy and Daddy fought and that's the why I am the as an adult now. That's why I act the way I do and it's because Mommy and Daddy fought when I was younger. Because I didn't take that with me, yeah, I probably dealt with it a different way, probably not the healthiest way, but because I didn't bring that into my adulthood, I feel like I'm being judged for not doing that compared to somebody who is that way. So I feel like I'm being judged by my family for having it all together and being independent but not having i wouldn't say not having sympathy but just not not being not willing to continue to feed into somebody who is taking their childhood traumas yeah and keeping it along with them in their adulthood and and not having sympathy for them as they struggle but quite literally if i continue to keep that around in my life that starts to affect me too and i'm not at a place or i'm not willing to let anybody affect my growth of where how far i've come
1: it'll bring you backwards
0: yes 100 percent. and i'm like i'm starting to feel like they're making me feel bad for your for being for my growth and that's where the hard part is coming in and as in i honestly will be like you know what I'm at the point now, since it's, like, been such an ongoing thing, I'm at the point now where I'm just like, man, if they're going to think I'm being mean and I'm the villain, I'm just going to let them think that way because there's no way I'm about to uh, let you affect all the work that I did. I went to therapy. I talked about it. I healed from it. Like, you have to go figure out why it's still with you Mm -hmm. and go talk about it with you. But if you're not willing to put that work in, don't come at me and
3: put your your problems your b- on me.
1: Emotional burden. The
3: thing about that is villainizing the person who has grown, it's because it brings out their insecurities. Yeah. That's the thing. When you grow past people, it kind of shows that yeah, we came from the same mm-hmm. place, but maybe you're maybe 5 steps forward. And they're still maybe two steps back mm-hmm. and they see that and they oh she oh she thinks she's better she thinks she's this. not even that no you just prepared for the race better yeah you just decided to put in the work okay Listen, prepare for the race. We prepare for the race. Prepare for the race. I do race. What I do. <laughs> that's why I get paid I the, like that. the medium bucks. The medium bucks? <laughs> <box. laughs> Not a <laughs> big bucks, just the medium. Oh, this is
1: a large. large. Oh,
3: this is medium. <laughs> this got she got
1: two mics, y'all. She <laughs> got money.
3: <laughs> so that's why you seem like the villain. Yeah. Because you put in the work, you trained. You ran every day. Mm-hmm. Now, now I just got the metaphors going. Yeah, <laughs> You bought the new sneakers. Okay. You got your <laughs> Nikes on. Oh, shit. So now people see, like, oh, she thinks she's better. No. You just decided to do for you. Because when we grow, we're less controllable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That's what it
0: is. Yes. That's exactly what it is.
1: I'm about to get that tatty, y'all. <laughs> Call Jose, tell him, put that in my sleeve.
0: <laughs>
3: Just make sure you put my little, my little name on that. <laughs>
0: Trademark,
2: look, Trademark. Trademarkers <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> Trademarkers hit but me up. But that is
0: so true. When you become less, con- like, when they can't control you anymore. You're the problem. Yes. You're the problem. Because, I like, you know, when you're a child, all your parent has to do is usually give you an ass whooping. Or a look. Or a look. And that's it. And...
1: Give you something to cry about.
0: Give you something to cry about. And that's the end of the conversation. But when you get to the point where, guess what, you're not paying my bills, you're not doing nothing for me, I'm an adult, I can say whatever I want, that's when they get angry because there's nothing that they can take from you Mm. that is going to make you conform to what they want you to be. That's going to make you be quiet.
1: You are your own Mm -hmm. person now.
3: Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that is how, and I'm so glad that you're doing this for yourself because that is how you continue to heal your inner child because yes. you are showing up for yourself you are being present for yourself setting boundaries is being present mm-hmm. yeah and that's so important you're doing the work you don't even need to be in therapy for that you're doing right. the work
2: mm-hmm. boundaries
3: is part of the work mm-hmm. yeah and it is
0: okay to set those boundaries with those people whether they are family or not
1: Yes, do not let them tell you that blood is thicker than water yes. Because you can absolutely Build your family mm-hmm. Blood does not make people family Support does Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Emotional safety does yes. mm-hmm. Love, mm-hmm. connection Yeah Yep. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly Ooh Ooh, Ooh. Ooh mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm That's
0: what,
1: what I do in my bones. Yeah, that's what you do And your bones <laughs> You need a chiropractor <laughs>
0: <laughs> my back hurt you yes
3: well we hope you enjoyed this episode we hope you learned something we hope you just were able to heal maybe a little bit of something maybe this was the push for you to confront some things go to therapy uh we appreciate you all for listening and making it this far with us forgive and us for being a little emotional yeah no
1: that's us that's yeah, really that's us. us that's we are Emotional. We have big hearts and we are open to all the conversations. So, yes,
0: yes.
1: feel so free to let coming. us know. Yeah.
3: Yes. Keep them coming. Thank you to our followers who suggested this topic. We really appreciate it. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And one thing about us, we're going to heal from our past trauma.
3: Mm. Amen. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Peace.